Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. I've been a soldier in God's mighty army since many long years ago. Well, I've been scarred and wounded in battle. And many times I've been brought low. But by the signs of the time, I just realized I've only got one more mile to go. Is that the lights of heaven up above? I feel like running my last mile home. Oh, yes, I feel like running my last mile home. I see a great band of angels around God's throne. Oh, what a great celebration while ages roll on. I feel like running my last mile home. Oh, yes, I feel like running my last mile home. I see a great band of angels around God's throne. Oh, what a great celebration while the ages roll on. I feel like running my last mile home. Well, Jesus said when he reached down and saved me, I'll go with you all the way. So I stepped out on his precious promises with me both night and day. Well, it's been many years, but I still feel his spirit burning in my soul. It gives me a taste. Of what's up ahead, I feel like running my last mile home. Oh, yes, I feel like running my last mile home. I see a great band of angels around God's throne. Oh, what a great celebration while ages roll on. I feel like running my last mile home. Well, Jesus said when he reached down and saved me, I'll go with all the way so I stepped out on his precious promises with me both night and day well it's been many years but I still feel his spirit burning in my soul it gives me a taste what's up ahead I feel like running my last mile home Oh, yes, I feel like running my last mile home. I see a great band of angels around God's throne. Oh, what a great celebration while ages roll on. I feel like running my last mile home. Oh, yes, I feel like running my last mile home. I see a great band of angels around God's throne. Oh, what a great celebration. To our God, 
Glory, hallelujah, is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God my Yes, 
ago, Ben Lockhart and uh, Claudine Jay's uh, little boy uh, was uh, sitting in the congregation, and uh, uh, he looked at his mother and he said, "Now's is the part where they sweat." Amen. Well, I'll be sweating bullets if you don't help me. Amen. But. Uh, Pray that the Lord will deal with us here in this service tonight. It's a good time to uh, sow the good word of the Lord. And uh, I've been looking. Uh, I, I don't know if you've figured it out, but I love the Old Testament, and I love those Old Testament stories. And, uh, uh, and uh, I've spent several, several hours looking at the book of Genesis, the first part of the book of Genesis, and I, I hope you'll pray for me and the Lord will help me. Genesis 21 and 14. The Bible said in Genesis 21 14, Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. Now listen to that, what the Bible said there. Yeah, he is passing responsibility to her. And I'll explain to you why. Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Now, I want you to know, Abraham is not a cruel man. And he, is, he loved this boy. He loved his son. And, uh, but that things have become irreconcilable for him. And he has told this woman, he has given her direction of how to, to go. Because when she gets to Beersheba, he's already dug a well there. He's not sending her with just one bottle of water and one loaf of bread. He, there's provision waiting for them when they get to the desert there at Beersheba. And the Bible says in verse 15, And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. Can you imagine? She's, uh, she threw him. The Bible said she cast a child. Notice the Bible said in verse 14, the, called him the child. Verse 15, she cast the child under one of the shrubs. Verse 16, she went and sat down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And, she, and there the Bible said, and she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice not of Hagar, the, the Bible said God heard the voice of the lad. And so that means he's older than a child, he's a lad, right? And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? How would you like God to speak to you and ask you what's wrong with you? Amen. And so, 
And the Bible said, Fear not, for God hath heard the voice, not of Hagar, but God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Now Hagar was wailing really loud. She was a weeping and a crying and a carrying on. And, uh, and, so, and, and so it wasn't the voice of Hagar that, that God heard. It was the voice of the lad. And the Bible tells us here. And, the, and so God said, what's wrong with you, Hagar? What's wrong with you, Hagar? For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Verse 18. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And and God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. But I want you to notice here, the Bible refers to him as a child three times. And the lad, one, two, three, four, five times, it referred to the lad. I want to talk to you tonight. My title is, Hagar, what's wrong with you? Lift up that child. Lift up that child, Hagar. Amen. God's commandment, you, know, you understand, and he commanded his mother to do three specific things for her son. And if you don't do something fast, Ishmael is going to die. Are you hearing me? If you don't do something fast, Ishmael is going to die. And so, get up and do something. Sitting there crying won't save his life, number one. Number two, lift your son up. Don't leave him alone to die under a bush. Number three, hold him in your hand. Cradle him, caress him, and tell him to live. Just like you did many years ago, Sister Sandra, when Brother Kevin had that surgery, the Lord woke you up in the middle of the night and you were screaming and crying and begging God, live, Kevin, live, live in the name of Jesus, live. Get a hold of that boy. Amen. I have such a burden here tonight to tell some Hagar, what's wrong with you? Pick that child up. Pick him up. Amen. Uh, I want to, to talk to you just a little bit. I, I, I read a, the, one of the school books, I think it was, I found it here the other day, on Helen Keller and, uh, and her teacher, Ann Sullivan. Helen was born June 27, 1880, in Tuscumbia, Alabama, northwest Alabama. And uh, uh, she was the first child of Arthur and Katie Keller. Amen. And he, Arthur was 20 years older than his wife. Uh, his first wife had died, and he had two children, two boys. And, uh, and so Arthur was a Confederate Army captain uh, in the Civil War. He owned a large cotton plantation, and he owned a newspaper, a local newspaper there. But in February of 1882, when Helen was about two years old, amen, she spiked a sudden high fever, and, uh, uh, and the doctor called it brain and stomach fever. 
and uh, the doctor didn't think she was going to live, and, uh, and she probably had scarlet fever. And, but when the fever left as fast as it came, and then the parents soon realized there's something bad wrong with Helen. Uh, uh, she slept poorly. She tossed and, and turned. They'd call her name, and there was no response. And, uh, and her eyes never closed. Uh, they put her, her hand right up in front of her face, and she didn't blink at all. When she was bathing her, splashing water and stuff, she never blinked her eyes, looked straight ahead. Amen. And so they, they came to that awful realization that our little girl is now deaf and blind, two years old. You understand, she could say a few words. She could say, uh, uh, wah-wah. She could say tea. She, they drunk southern iced tea. She could say tea. Amen. All those things that she did. But when Helen awoke and everything was dark and everything was still, she was two years old and she thought it was still night. And then it continued on. She said, I got so used to the silence and the darkness that surrounded me and I forgot there had ever been a day. I want to tell you, there are some children that life is so hopeless for them that they forgot there's ever been a day. Amen. Oh, God. Amen. So that ability to say howdy and tea and water, she soon forgot those because she was only two. Amen. She could not express herself, and she couldn't understand anyone at all. She became so frustrated and angry and very difficult to live with. She got to where she would go around the table, and she'd reach up to their plates and pull the food off of their plate. And, just, uh, and she became a terror, an absolute terror to her family. And, uh, and so, of course, uh, you know, her father... Uh, Captain Keller was a wealthy man, and he began to seek help for this little girl, and he found Ann Sullivan. And, and what she learned to do was lay down in the floor and scream and kick and throw a tantrum. You not understand that child needs somebody to lift them up, somebody to pick them up out of the floor. And make them understand. Understand what is going on with that child. And I could go through a whole lot there. But make them to understand and know. And finally there was a day. When, when first thing Ann, uh, 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 Ann Sullivan did. Uh, she refused to allow her to throw those tantrum, temper tantrums. And lay in the floor and kick. And she said we're not going on any farther till you stop that. And that's the best idea you can have as a parent. Amen. We're not going any farther till you stop that. That is unbecoming and that's not right. And so she began to work. And, and of course, uh, Captain Keller, it was very hard for him. That little girl, she's blind. She's deaf. She's so frustrated. She's so angry. And, uh, and she began to work with her. And she would spell into her hand. Spell into her hand. And, and, and after all of that difficult process, and she said, we're not, going, we're not going any farther till you stop this stuff. And then she began to slowly work with her. And there was the day. They, they had a little house out back, 
That was the house where uh, Helen was born in. Two rooms, and there they put them. And uh, Anne began to work. She wasn't mean to her, but she had a strong hand of discipline. This is the way it's going to be, Helen. This is how it's got to be. And she began to work with her. And one day, she took her out back. And there they had the well and the pump, the hand pump. And she began to pump the water. And as the water flowed out onto Helen's hand, and she spelled water to her. And she, that come back to her, wawa. And that come back, and it was the, the breakthrough point for her. But uh, her daddy saw that, that his little girl had turned into a monster. And if he didn't get help for little Helen, she was going to be destroyed. And she was destroying and driving the entire family crazy. And I want to tell you something. Our children need something more than nerve medicine. Amen. They need something more than nerve medicine. Amen. Oh, God. I know God's dealt with me. And we've, we've got to get to this. We've got to understand. We've got to get to see where we are. And these children need help. Hagar's name means flight. She's going to fly away. She's going to run. She'd rather run than stand and fight for the right. You hear me? I said, Hagar means to flight, fly away. She'd rather run than stand and fight for the right. Hagar was an Egyptian woman. Hagar was the handmaid or slave of Sarah. Some think that Hagar was a gift from Pharaoh when they went down and sojourned in Egypt during the famine. Oh, God. I want to tell you something. Let me throw this in. It was never, it's never the will of God to go to Egypt in times of distress and want in the promised land. It's never the will of God to leave the house of God and go to Egypt for help. Amen. He said, say it again, it's never the will of God for you to leave the house of God, the promised land, and go to Egypt for help. They can't help you. Amen. And so there, amen, oh God, Abram got in trouble for his half-truth there in Genesis 12 and 20. He said, she's my sister. Amen. And Pharaoh, what did he do? He sent him away. Get back to where you come from, buddy. I'm telling you why. I pray God will anybody that is out of the will of God in Egypt that the that the enemy will say, You get back to where you come from. Get on back down there to the tabernacle where you belong. Amen. When you like that, amen, that God would just say, send him away. So it's 75. God told Abram, leave Haran, enter the Canaan land, enter the promised land. And there he built an altar at Bethel. And the Bible said there, oh God, in the 12th chapter, Abram journeyed going on toward the south. Amen. And but the Bible said in verse 10, there was a grievous famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn. God told him to go to the promised land, not to Egypt. You hear? Go to the land that I showed you. And he got there and he kept on going. He went too far. You know what caused him to go too far? Fear. Amen. There's a famine here and God said to go here. And I, I'm afraid to stay here. I'm going to go on. And he went into Egypt. And God said, hold, 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 hold. Amen. 
Amen. Now I want you to get this. Flighty Hagar, Egypt's gift, became a constant source of contention for Abraham and Sarah. You hear me? You, you, you've got to read and you've got to look at that really closely. But she, flighty Hagar, she's the gift of Egypt. And she became a constant source of contention for Abraham and Sarah. Egypt is a type of sin. We understand and know that, don't we? Egypt's woman bred contention, which led to separation. And Hagar's fleshly son was a mocker of the son of promise, causing his expulsion. Amen. The, the flesh, there is a battle between the flesh and the spirit. You know that? And the fleshly son was mocking the spiritual son. Amen. And it caused his expulsion. And the Bible tells us in, in Genesis 16 and 4, Hagar conceived and her mistress was despised in her eyes. Boy, you know what happened? When she saw that uh, her, her mistress... Uh, the the mother uh, of the, the well of this group of people she was the mistress of the whole thing there she was the head woman amen and she could not have a child and as quick as Hagar conceived and realized she became very arrogant toward her mistress and when she did that can you imagine that is rubbing that's rubbing salt into an open wound right amen here she can't conceive and here here this little slave girl from egypt that yeah and you you got to put it all together think think about it there and so uh there she comes out of egypt with them and she's a beautiful girl and and sarah spends a lot of time teaching her and training her and showing her things and and so and of all the people she chose her to become the surrogate for her to be able to have children by her husband. And so, and instead of appreciating the opportunity and the privilege to be uh, that surrogate mother uh, for Abraham and Sarah, she became very obnoxious and arrogant toward her mistress. And that is a bad character flaw. When you, when you, yeah, will y'all allow me to talk to you? I don't mean to be mean. Amen. But when you have the opportunity and you have the advantage and you take it and you really lay it on that person that can't defend themselves, you are sinning. Amen. Now, here, here. Sarah was a godly woman and she was the mother of the promise. And but she, Hagar, became very arrogant toward her mistress. Hagar became bold, she became rude and disrespectful, and she began to teach her son to become the same insolent person that she was. Amen. I'm telling you, Hagar, what's wrong with you? You've got to lift that child up instead of teaching the depraved nature that he's got. Hello, hello. So the Bible said in Genesis 21 1, the Lord visited Sarah as he said, and he did unto Sarah as he had spoken. 
And the Bible said in verse 2 of chapter 21, Sarah conceived and bare a son at the set time which God had spoken. Brother, you said it tonight when you testified. You, I remember you talking to me uh, when you were, we were wanting to move here. And, uh, and I've got this job in accounting at a law firm in, in Winston-Salem. And, uh, and I'm praying that they're going to let me work from home and I can keep my job. And, you know, and so you have to choose to do right above anything. You understand? And you made the choice. I'm going to, I can't get that job. And so, and the Lord blessed you with a good job here. And then they turn around and really realize how much they miss you, need you. And they up the salary big time. And so God worked it all out. You've got to wait on the Lord. Sister Virginia, you said it tonight. Y'all tried to give that truck away and sell it for a thousand. Well, turn look at it. It's a beautiful truck. Dually. I mean, I tell you, it's a hoss of a truck and worth 12 to 15. But we get frustrated not wanting to wait on God. We take it in our own hands. That's what Sarah and Abraham did. They took it in their own hands and were not willing to wait on God. And so here we have circumcised at the set time which God had spoken. And the Bible said in Galatians chapter 4, verse 22. Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. He of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was born by promise. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is from is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Can you say amen? That Jerusalem is above and the mother of us all, and we are free. And whom the Son sets free is. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. You ever dealt with a family member or somebody, amen, and, and you try to talk to them about spiritual affairs and spiritual matters, and you know what they'll do? They'll look at you and say, you are crazy. Amen. You need to do this, this, and this. You don't do, you don't, uh, you say, I'm just trying to seek the will of God. I'm trying to serve the Lord. I'm trying to find out what the will of God is. Uh, oh, God. But here, there, but he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. And nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. The bondwoman's recalcitrance caused judgment and rejection. And Abraham was reluctant to do it. But Abraham rose early in the morning. He took bread and a bottle of water. And he gave it to Hagar and put it on her shoulder. And the child and send her away her wrong attitude put caused the responsibility of the rest of the raising of that boy on her shoulders 
Hey, did you hear what I said? I said her wrong attitude put the responsibility on her shoulders to finish raising the lad, the child, the lad. My God, my God, I'm trying my best to speak to you and help you here tonight. Listen, the Bible said in Genesis 17, 24, Abraham was 90 years old and nine when he was circumcised. And the Bible said in verse 25, Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised. Amen. Circumcision is a Jewish ritual enjoined under the father of the nation of Israel by God. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 17 and 1, Abraham was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. Amen. And he said, I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him. And my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be the father of many nations. My covenant between me and you and your seed, every man child shall be circumcised. The institution of the covenant here, amen, that God made between Abraham and his descendants was assured by the promise of the Messiah and it became necessary condition for Jewish identity. Leviticus 12 and 3 every male child was to be circumcised when he was 8 days old. So we understand that. In Genesis 21 and 5 Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Amen. Isaac was a newborn. Amen. Abraham was a hundred. Ishmael was fourteen. Listen to me now. Amen. Ishmael was fourteen. Isaac grew and he was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast. And the day that Isaac was weaned, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, amen, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. You hear me? Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Hagar, mocking her son. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. We don't know how old he was. We do know that Ishmael was 14 when Isaac was born. And we understand, oh God, we understand that we see that Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian mocking, and the mom was blamed. It's natural for an immature child to mock others. Thank you, Brother Aaron. I said it's natural for an immature child. If there's any defect in the child, they will mock them over it. Children are very cruel. Amen. And you better not encourage your children in that cruelty. Hallelujah. I'm trying my best to help you here tonight. Amen. Amen. Mature, settled people don't mock other people. I said mature, settled people don't mock other people, especially in their defects. And the godly realize that God is our maker. Amen. And he can do even worse to us. And we should never boast in our beauty, strength, or intelligence. And our money. I'm rich and you're poor. I'm better than you. No, you're not. God's blessed you and that's it. That's the only difference maker there. I'm prettier than you are. Oh, you, know, you go through that whole thing. Never allow your children to be condescending because of their goodness 
to other children. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. The Bible said in Proverbs 29, 15, The rod of reproof giveth wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth who to shame? Who does he bring to shame? A child left to himself bringeth his mother. Bringeth his mother. Proverbs 29, 15. And I've watched it. Many years of being in the Christian school, I've watched it. Amen. Amen. When that, when that boy or girl does wrong, that mother will come to their defense. Whether they're right or wrong, they will come to their defense. Because the mother is brought to shame. Amen. And so we understand there that weaning a child, that no, we understand it means a child no longer nurses his mother or a bottle. Amen. And some scripture implies that. But amen. But I want. Uh, I studied this. Old Testament families they celebrated betrothal, marriage, birth of the son, and weaning and becoming a man around age twelve. And the Hebrew word for wean actually becomes means to become a person. And so when that child, amen. When they they those families they had that weaning ceremony. When that boy showed his personhood the first time he did something on his own the first time he tied his shoes the first time he was able to take care of himself and not have to have anybody to go to the restroom with him you know those things it showed his personhood and it could be anywhere from three years old to nine years old and so we don't we know that one thing that the bible called ishmael the child three times and it called him the lad five times we understand that but was he was he 15 was he 16 17 we don't know but he was not a full grown man I understand that oh God so we understand and we see that Hagar amen when you look at this when the dire when amen and Abraham put the provision on her shoulder and gave Ishmael to her and delivered him into her hand and he was to be taken care of by her and she was to lead him in the way that he was to go. Amen. And there she, we understand, Hagar ran away into the desert the first time and now she's being driven out by Sarah. She ran away the first time. I'm not going to submit to you. I don't like you. I hate you. Amen. Man, I'm boring y'all, ain't I? Amen. I hate you. I will not submit to you. I will not. You are my mistress, but I will not submit to you. Amen. Amen. And so she ran into the desert the first time. And because of her continual refuse to submit to her elder Sarah, amen, she was driven out by Sarah. Verse 4, Hagar despised her mistress, amen, Sarah, and she had a bad attitude, and she taught her son the bad attitude, and she taught him to mock. My Lord, Hagar was given a golden opportunity, and and rejected it with all of her obstinate and bad attitude. She's got a golden opportunity. You can be part of this family. You can be accepted by Sarah. You can be accepted by Abraham. You can be a part of this great royal family. 
Are you hearing me tonight? I'm telling you what. People don't understand when, when they reject the gospel and being born again and serving God. When you reject that, you are rejecting the very thing that God has done. God is showing us here that Hagar was transplanted into this royal family of God. And she has a son who can be a part of the royal family of God. He has received circumcision, the sign of the blessing and the covenant of God. And yet they are rebellious. And mocking. Please. Amen. Don't allow yourself to become arrogant and rebellious according to the word of God and to the will of God. Amen. Man, I've seen. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Amen. Years ago, many years ago, all the people were dead that I was standing by listening. They're all dead now. Amen. My dad spoke to a young lady. Sis, sis, this is not God. This is not, this is not God's will. It's, it's contrary to God's word. You cannot do this and have the blessing of the Lord on you. Amen. You know what she did? She sat there and looked at dad. And when she got up, she was mad. And she went her way. And she did her own thing. And she's been dead a long time. Are you hearing me? Oh, God. Hagar, what in the world is wrong with you? Get up, Hagar, and pick that child up and help him. He's going to die if you don't help him. Amen. Oh, God. Amen. What an opportunity. There Ishmael has what Hagar has. And they mocked. You understand? He mocked the son of promise. We lose out on the blessing when we won't submit to God's word, when we won't submit to God's plan, when we won't submit to God's will. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Oh, God, please, please, Lord. The Bible said in Genesis 16 and 6, Abraham said to Sarah, Thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And, the, and he said, Hagar, the angel found her. The angel found her and he said, Hagar. And he identified her as to who she really was. She's run out into the desert. I'm not going to submit to you. I'm not going to obey you. I am running. I'm running to Egypt. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And the angel said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Oh, man, don't you dare say that to me. I am not Sarah's maid. I have rejected her. I've rejected Abraham. I'm leaving them. I'm going back to Egypt. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to live my own way. Oh, really? God said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. And he, the Holy Ghost, by God, said, Whence comest thou? Where'd you come from? And then he asked another question. Whither wilt thou go? You've not looked at the end of it, sis. I said you've not looked at the end of what's going to take place in your family. You better look carefully and consider what's going to take place in the end of your rebellion. Amen. 
Oh, God. Man, I prayed hard about this message. And I know God's given it to me. So I'm going to do my best to speak to you. Not in a mean and condescending way. No, 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 no. I don't want to be cruel to anybody. But I want you to understand. The Holy Ghost, she was running. And she was out there in the desert. And she fled from the face of her mistress. And she would not submit. She would not obey. And Hagar, Sarah's maid. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress. Amen. Notice that she even had to use the possessive pronoun. She is my mistress. I flee from the face of my mistress. Amen. Oh, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. Are you hearing what the Spirit said? Amen. Oh, God. We've got so many. We've got this generation. Amen. We, we, uh, we go to uh, uh, the restaurant and, and we got the made-to-order burgers and that's fine. Amen. And uh, we want it like we want it. And, and, if, and if they don't do it the way I want it, I'm out of here. I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to listen to you. I've got my own mind made up and this is how it's going to be. And the Spirit of the Lord, the angel of the Lord said unto her, You return to your mistress. Not only are you to return to your mistress, you are to submit yourself unto her. Amen. Submission to harsh authority is a hard lesson to learn. Amen. But I want to tell you one thing, Brother Chad. Uh, when they called for y'all to get up in the mornings, did, did, uh, did you turn over in the bed and say, I don't feel like running and doing exercises today. Just tell the sergeant I'll be there when I get ready. <laughs> Amen. After you got out of the brig for so many days and saw the light of day for the first time, and you come out of solitary confinement after drinking bread and waters. Amen. When they sounded the bugle to get up in the morning, you jumped out of that bed. Amen. Oh, God. And, ma'am, I want to tell you something. That submission to harsh authority is a hard lesson to learn, but it's the most valuable lesson you'll ever learn. Are you hearing me? If you cannot submit, amen, you cannot be used of God. You understand why we have so many split and splinters and churches and preachers doing? They're doing their own thing, and it's not the, for the glory of God. I remember many, many years ago, there was a guy and hit it split and tore up, and uh, and the guy asked him, said, "What do you think you're doing, brother?" He said, "I'm working for God. That's what I'm doing. I'm working for God." He said, "How about you quitting working for God and start working with God?" Man, it's all in my. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to listen to you, preacher. I'm not going to obey the, what you've got to say. I'm not going to listen to that. How if I can't get by what I want, then I'm out of here. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, "I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude." And the angel of the Lord said unto her. Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Ishmael, 
God that hears. God that hears even an Egyptian slave. You hear me? There are no little big persons in God's eyes. The God that hears even an Egyptian slave. Amen. That's what Ishmael means. Oh God. God hears you. No matter how lowly you are. God hears you. And she called, verse 13, the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Aren't you glad that God sees us and takes care of us? Wherefore the well was called Bir Laharoi, because, behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. Amen. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And the Bible said in verse 16, Abram was fourscore and six years old. He was 86 years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. And the Bible said in Genesis 25 and 7, Abram died at 175 years old. Hallelujah. Oh, God. 103 score and 15 years. And Ishmael was 89. And Isaac was 75. And the Bible said in verse 20, Isaac was 40 when he married Rebekah. Amen. Man, he married 20 years when Jacob and Esau were born. In verse 26, Isaac was three score years old when Jacob and Esau were born. Oh, God. Little Jacob and Esau were 15 years old when Abraham died. I'm telling you what, you can't bleat the blessings of the Lord. Amen. But I want you to get this. She's over her. She's cast the boy over under a bush. And she's a weeping and a wailing, thinking he's going to die. And God said, Hagar, get up. What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? Get up and pick up that lad. Lift up the lad. Amen. Listen to me. Amen. Oh, God. Oh, God. Amen. She got up. And when she got up, God opened up her eyes and she saw well. Hagar was in the wilderness of Beersheba. I've, I told you already, Abraham had already been there and had already dug a well and made provision for her. Amen. Ishmael drank water. He ate. He grew. He learned. He became an archer. He hunted and killed food, I believe. But when he left there, the Bible doesn't say this at all. But in my mind, and I'm telling you, I don't believe that Abraham would send his boy out into the wilderness without any way to protect himself. So I believe he gave him a knife. I believe he gave him a sword. And I believe he gave him a bow. And I think he gave him a quiver full of arrows. Because the Bible, how in the world could this boy learn to become an archer? He had to have a bow and arrow to do it. And I believe Abraham gave it to him. And Abraham directed her to go to Beersheba. And she was right there at the well. And she was so lost. Amen. Like I told you the other night. She was so lost. She didn't know where she was at. And God opened her eyes. Amen. Oh, God. Amen. But I want you to understand something. She's now, Hagar is cut off from her benefactors and her protectors. Amen. Are you hearing me? She lived in a very wealthy home and family. 
And she was now cut off from her benefactors and her protectors. Amen. Oh, God. Oh, Abraham looked out for her. Sarah looked out for her. Hagar had no idea how much benefit she received from their umbrella of protection. There's so many people do not realize the umbrella protection that they have from their mom and dad and their grandparents and the house of God, the word of God. Boy, you wait till you get away. Wait till you get away from it. And you'll realize how bad it really is. Amen. Oh, God. And I want you to also realize Ishmael was cut off from that intimate relationship with his father. He's now alone. He's there in the wilderness. He's in the desert. And he's having to learn to shoot that bow and arrow on his own. He now had to make it the best way he could. And there's no more blessing of God. There's no more the blessing of the abundance of Abraham on him. He's got to dig it out for himself. Oh, God, have mercy. Have mercy. Amen. Amen. Lord, have mercy. What's our children going to do? They, they, we spoil them so much. They think money grows on the trees. Amen. When I wear something, instead of fooling with washing it in, I'm going to throw it in the floor. And then when I get so much up, I'm going to gather it up in a bag and take it to the yard sale and put it in the yard sale and say, Woo! I made so much money today. No, you never. You paid full retail price for that. And now you're selling it for nickels and dimes and quarters? And you tell me how much money you made on your yard sale today? You don't convince me at all. Amen. Lord have mercy. I shouldn't have said that, should I? Amen. But it's the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all like my pretty tie? That's a goodwill tie for a dollar. It's 100% silk. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, I proudly wear this $1 necktie. Hallelujah. That means I got $39 in my pocket that I can go buy me a steak with. Hallelujah. Go ahead and brag about it. We don't buy nothing unless it's full retail price. We don't buy nothing on sale. We are too, we are too up there. We don't have to do that. Hallelujah. Show me where there's a good yard sale. Amen. Show me where there's a good goodwill. Show me where, oh, come on, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, I'm trying my best to, to help our people, amen. And the Bible said, he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, amen, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. Here he could be a part of the royal family of God. He's received the covenant of circumcision. He's raised in royal Abraham's family. He's there. And now, now he's dwelling in a wilderness. Man, I've seen, I've seen kids with so much potential and ability that's come through the Christian school. My Lord, and I tried hard. I tried hard to teach our children. I want to tell you something. It is horrible when we don't try to teach our children. I was telling y'all, Hudson arranged for us to, uh, to go there and to eat with uh, uh, Peggy uh, Opitz, Dean Opitz's wife. They came here in 1968 together to help Dr. King start the college. And when we walked in, we started talking just a little bit. And Peggy said, I talked to Dr. King today. And he said to tell you hello. 
And he said to tell you also that your students were the best prepared students that ever came into the college. I wish somebody told me that back then when I was struggling so hard. I wish somebody had said, Brother Philip, you're doing it right. They fuss at you. You're making it too hard on them. You're making it too hard on them. They've got to learn. They've got to go to a college classroom someday. And there's not going to be anybody saying, Pat, oh, honey, that's all right. Amen. That says two plus two is four. You can put six down. It's all right. No, it's not. It's wrong. And I'm trying my best. To love you and to understand that Hagar, what in the world's wrong with you? Pick that child up. Pick him up and dust him off and give him the drink and help him. Don't be an idiot. Well, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, what should I say? Knucklehead? Maybe. Oh, no. Amen. 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 Hagar went back to her people and to her old derelict ways. I'm going to try to close this here shortly. Amen. The Bible said in Isaiah 30 and 7, For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. And so there she took that boy. She forced. She kept on and kept on and kept on. Amen. Till Sarah said, Abraham, that's it. We've put up with her for years now. That's it. She's out of here. Get her out of here. Get that bondwoman out of here. Get her son out of here. I won't put up with it anymore. You know, I, I was talking to a preacher the other day. And uh, are you listening to me, Hagar? And, and he said after time after time after time of her getting mad, and beating me and slapping on me. Amen. You think about men beating up on their wives. What about wives beating up on their husbands? And he said, after time and time and time of her slapping and kicking and clawing me, and he said, I finally pulled up her skirt and I slapped her on the thigh. And he said, that is it. No more. I'll never take this from you again. If you ever touch me again, woman, you've had it. You've had it. You hear me? I want to tell you something. It's not right for a man to beat up on his wife. Amen. And a man is to love his wife as his own flesh. But I want to tell you something else. A woman is to love and honor her husband. And they are to sit down and agree that you are not to be beaten up on your husband. You hear me? You have no right. You have no authority in God's word to do that. Amen. And so now, amen. My Lord God, help me. Help me. Hagar went back to her people in her old derelict ways. And for the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Egypt's common name in the Bible is Mizraim. Mizraim. Yes, and it translates as red mud. Amen. 
Oh, God. The Bible also calls Egypt the land of Ham, the son of that Noah cursed. It's idolatrous. Amen. Their religion is idolatrous. They've got magic. The Egyptians are proud and insolent and arrogant and pompous and treacherous and superstitious. Amen. And the Bible said in Genesis 16 and 12, He shall be a wild man. His hand against every man and every man's hand against him. Go ahead. Go ahead and reject the word of God. Go ahead and reject obedience. Go ahead and reject submission. Go ahead and reject it all. But when you get through, you're going to have a wild man on your hands. Do you hear what the Bible said in Genesis 16? He shall be a wild man. Every man's hand is going to be against him. And he's going to be against every man. Oh, God. Help me, Lord, please. I, I've got to finish this up. The church of the living God under the Lord made their first exodus out of Egypt. And the believer in Christ knows that we must be brought out of the Egypt of the soul. Hagar, what's wrong with you? Lift up that child. Lift up that child so he can truly live and be a man of God instead of becoming a heathen wild man. He is not to wander in the desert as a wild man. Amen. That's what, ooh, that, my Lord, there he is. He's, he's possessed with the devils. He's got hundreds of devils in him. He's a wild man. He's running around naked. Oh, God, and only Jesus can deliver him. Let him drink from the water of the well of life. Get him out of misery, out of the red mud of wickedness and idolatry. Get him in the house of God. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Listen. Amen. John 4. Come to the music, please. John 4. Jesus came to Sychar, a city of Samaria. And the Bible said in verse 6, Jacob's well's there. And a woman of Samaria, she came to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me drink. Amen. And she said, now, you know, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We don't have anything to do with one another. Amen. And Jesus said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that saith unto thee, Give me drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. And the woman said to him, Sir, whence then hast thou this living water? And the woman said, Sir, Where's this water from? And Jesus said to her, Whosoever drinks of the water I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water. Hallelujah. You know what she was? She was an uh, adulteress. She had five husbands and she was living in adultery she was an adulterous woman amen but jesus is offering her water the water of salvation living water springing up to everlasting life stand with me please amen hallelujah hallelujah i hope you'll let this sink down deep in your heart and soul tonight Don't be so fast to defend your child in their wrong. 
I get, I get, I, I totally don't understand this generation. When I went to school, Sister Dana, I never ever indicated in any way to my father that I got in trouble at school. Because if my dad found out I got a paddling at school, I got a whipping when I got home. abusing and beating up on my kids. Oh, come on, man. You don't know anything about it. Amen. And you better give the teacher and the school the benefit of the doubt. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And there she is. She's went through five marriages and she's living with a man. And Jesus said, woman, if you want to, I'll give you water of life. I'll let you drink of the water of life and you'll never thirst again. And she said, sir, give me this water. And the Bible said in John 7, 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So I want you to understand, they had a well there at Beersheba. And there, that boy had to be out in the desert. Amen. He had to drink water out of an old goat skin. You hear me? They didn't have Yetis back then. And he had to drink water out of a goat skin. Can you imagine being out in the desert and it's 120 or 130 degrees and you got to drink water out of a stinking goat skin? Amen. And the Lord said, I'll give you living water. I'll give you living water. Oh, God. You don't have to. <laughs> he that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Amen. My Lord. I won't tell you what the Bible said here in 2 Samuel 14, 14. He said, as for we must needs die and are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. When you live your life and when you die, it's over. Only one life, it'll soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. And you'll look back and wish you'd have done better and done different. Amen. And so the Bible said, Neither doth God respect any person, yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. Amen. You know what the scripture teaches us and shows us here? Abraham did not want to send Ishmael away. He did not want to send Hagar away. And I won't tell you what else. Sarah did not want to do this. But this was over and over and over and over and over. She would not surrender. She would not submit. And I speak to you by the power of the Holy Ghost resting upon me this night. If you don't settle down and stop that foolishness, the Lord is going to judge you too. I felt that from the inside of me to tell you, if you don't settle down and stop that foolishness, the Lord is going to have to judge you too. And it won't be fun. You wait till you're put out in the desert. Hallelujah. You wait till you're put out. You better settle down and appreciate the home that you've got and the family that you've got and love God. And the Bible tells you, I want to give you one more scripture. Matthew 11 and 28. Come unto me, all you that labor, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. But you've got to 
take his yoke upon you, you've got to learn of him. That means you've got to sit down in his classroom and listen to what he's got to tell you and what the word of God says. Amen. And it's right for a woman to love her husband and to love her children and to treat her family right. It's right for a man to love his wife and to love his children and to treat them right. And you won't be chasing your children with the two before either. Amen. What's wrong with you? Get that boy. He's laying on a dime. Pick him up. Get him in your arms. And give him water to drink. Teach him. Show him. Give him the thing that he needs. Bow your heads, please. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that you have given us your word. Oh, God. Lord, it's not your will for our people to be destroyed, our homes to be separated, our people to be ruined. It's not your will. It's not your will, Lord, for us to have trouble like this. Please, Lord, deal with our people. Deal with our people. And God, let the spirit of submission, let that spirit that, that spirit that is on Hagar, let her submit, submit to the will of God, the word of God. Oh, God, please, please, Lord. Oh, God, let Hagar submit to Sarah right now in the name of Jesus. Submit. Give in. Give down. Amen. Oh, God, do what you have to do to have peace and love and the blessing of the Lord rest on you. Do what's right. You don't want to go into a red, muddy desert. You don't want that. You don't want to be separated from your people. Come on. Come on. Come on home. Amen. Amen. I want to ask y'all to come on around these altars. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know somebody needs to hear these words tonight. Amen. And God's telling you, come on. Come on to me. Come and live. You can have life. Hallelujah. 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 Please, Lord, deal with us. Deal with us. Deal with us, Lord. Deal with us.